Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. The Premier Year, session number 560. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a wonderful guest. This seems to be the magic GPA for people when they're Googling around and say, can this GPA get me into med school? We have another one of those. 2.7 GPA to getting a medical school acceptance. Before we jump in, though, I want to talk about the MCAT Minutes brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. Did you know that the MCAT is an important part of this process? And to make sure you are prepared for this very important test, you should go to blueprintmcat.com, sign up for their free account, and get access to their amazing study planner tool today. The study planner tool will let you plug in some dates, plug in your availability, and automatically spit out a schedule for you to prep for the MCAT like a pro. And as life happens, you can drag and drop your schedule around and assignments around to make sure you're staying on track, even when things kind of hit the fan, as you know. So go to blueprintmcats.com today, sign up for that free account right now. Do it, do it, do it. All right, let's uh, jump into our wonderful guest today. Jasmine, welcome to the pre-med years. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. When did you first realize you wanted to be a doctor and go to med school? Um, so it was a lot later than most people. Um, I didn't realize I wanted to go to med school until after I had already graduated college. So I had already gotten my degree. I got a BA in um, communications and I was working in uh, higher education. I was working in some like academia settings. Um, and one of the, the schools that I worked at was attached to a hospital. Mm. And during the time, um, my sister was pregnant and she developed preeclampsia and she had my niece at 28 weeks. And so wow. she was one pound and seven ounces when she was born. And I spent three months in the NICU with both of them and my brother-in-law. And I got to see like everybody working together. This was like my first real experience, like being around an entire care team. Yeah. Um, and I became intrigued. And so I started to do a lot of shadowing. I shadowed nurses. I shadowed PAs. Um, I shadowed a couple of NAs. And ultimately, I decided that 
medicine was more so the route that I wanted to take, mm-hmm. um, mostly because of the knowledge base and also because um, it seems like, and this is just my understanding, but um, there seems to be like a bit more areas to specialize within uh, going to like medical school than yeah. like say PA. Um, yeah. But. So you're out of college, you're out there working in the real world and then your sister, boom, pregnant, preeclampsia, pre preeclampsia. And then, Oh, this, there's this whole world out here. No, no desire, no exposure, no thought ever before about going into medical school, going going to being a physician? No, and one of the reasons why I actually explored so many different um, like healthcare like fields, like nursing and all that was because I'd never had a doctor that looked like me. Yeah. So it wasn't ever a thing that I was like, oh, this is something that I could be. Um, so it wasn't like, it was just never on my radar. Never on your um, radar, yeah. And, and then as as part of your sister's care team and your, your is it niece you said? Uh, mm-hmm. Your niece's care team. W- was there a caretaker, a physician that looked like you? So actually the, it wasn't like my niece's care team. It was like my sister when she was in, um, like she was kind of in and out of the hospital herself because of this whole thing. And so her anesthesiologist happened to live in the same apartment building that I did at the time. Wow. And I ran into him and um, we just got to talking about like his path. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so I, because of like the work that I was doing, I ended up moving to another city, New Haven, because I got a job there and still had this like whole idea in mind that like I wanted to keep shadowing keep working towards this um when i moved there i ended up getting i had my first ever um it was a black female doctor and she was the one that actually like pushed me to like apply to med school yeah before then right you have this exposure your your sister in the hospital having um uh, a very, very uh, preemie baby. Uh, baby's in the NICU for a long time. At, at what point did did it transition from, yeah, that's cool, but I probably can't do it, uh, to that's cool and I am going to do it? How long was that transition period? I would say it was all the way through the postback that I did. Like <laughs> I, I um I had started a postback and it was like so to kind of set the scene where I was working, the closest place I had a postback was an hour away. Mm-hmm. And so I would have to leave work, drive an hour to go to class, I'd be in class for three hours, and then I'd have to drive an hour home. And Mind you, before all of this, I had actually gotten a new puppy. So (laughs) (laughs) I also had a puppy at the time and I was like never home. It was like it was a very chaotic time. Um, And so it was like during this time that I was like, can I really do this? Can I really like can I actually do this? Um, And that physician, I remember she took me out to dinner one day and she was like, 
Um, I was telling her, I was like, I just don't know, like, am I doing the right thing? Am I, is this really like what I should be doing? What if I'm wasting my time? Yeah. And she was like, well, let, let me, let me pause you there because a lot of people have that idea. Mm-hmm. What, what was behind that question? Was it fear failure? Like, am I wasting my time as if I, I can apply? This is what I want, but I'm not going to get in. Is that the wasting of the time or was it, was it wasting time in terms of, I really don't know if this is what I want. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that it was, is this what I want? I think it was, can I actually do this? Like there was a lot of like doubt that like I would actually be successful as a physician. Okay. Um, And I think- Oh, interesting. The the language that you use there as a physician, not even as someone applying to medical school. No. So you were scared potentially of the responsibilities of a physician. Yeah. Okay. That like that like longer term thing was more like, oh, I don't know. Like there was still like the, I would think there was still the anxiety there of like, oh, it's really hard to get in. Yeah. And you know, but I I also had the mindset of like if this is what I want, then I'm going to keep trying. Okay. Until it does Love it. happen. Until it does. No plan B. Woo. Right. <laughs> but it I was also worried like, okay, am I going to actually like be good at this? Okay. Um, so you, you're having this conversation with a physician yes. uh, who it sounds like kind of turned into a, a mentor for you. And, and what was yeah, her response? Did. Well, she kind of just said like, okay, well, why not? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why not? Um, and it was one of those things where I was like, I guess why not me? Um, but it, yeah, it took a little bit of time for me to finally be like, okay, I think that I, I guess it was like through the whole application process, I think Mm -hmm. that I was like, okay, I have, people are telling me, giving me good feedback. Like, so something is here. Some pieces are here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm not a complete failure. So, so let's, let's rewind to the very beginning. What, what those first steps look like, because I think that's where a lot of students get get kind of stuck in uh, uh, paralysis by analysis is you graduate with a degree that has nothing to do with science, nothing to do with medicine, nothing to do with pre-med. You have this exposure that uh, I typically call the seed, right? This is like first exposure Mm -hmm. to healthcare where you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Maybe I want to have an impact on on people's lives like that. Mm -hmm. How did you figure out what those next steps were, the questions that you had to ask yourself. How did you find out what a postback was? There, there were these things out there. Where, where did you go and find this information? Yeah, I have to plug you for a second because <laughs> I, um, so aside from having a communications degree, I also graduated with a 2.7 GPA. So I wasn't like, I wasn't like, thriving in the GPA section. Yeah. Um, C's get degrees. It's all that matters. (laughs) (laughs) But I wasn't like worried about it because I was just like, I just have to graduate. And I wasn't really like passionate about this. Like I just needed to get through. And I also didn't do anything in science. So I was like, um, but then I started searching, okay, how like medical school, low degree, (laughs) like how do I get in? And I ended up hearing one of your first, like one of your earlier episodes on the old pre-meds, 
where I forget what her name is. It started with like an N. NECA? She, yes. Yeah. Um, and she also had like a lower GPA. She had a 2.7 from Cornell. Uh, yeah. That is a very popular episode. 2.7 for some reason is a very common GPA <laughs> that students are like, can I get into med school with a 2.7? And so NECA's podcast episode, which is, it's on the pre-med years, um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. is a very popular episode. Uh, let me, uh, I'll, I'll pull it up here real quick. Uh, it's double N-E-K-A. Um uh, and then I'll, I can tell people what that episode number is if I actually knew how to spell my website name. Uh, that was episode 261, so premedyears.com slash 261. Okay. Okay, yeah, so you, you was... listen to Neca's story. Yeah, and I I think I probably listened to that episode like three times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and after that, I just like constantly was like, like just – I was like, give me all of your content. Like I was, I was like constantly. So like the drive that I had to class every day, the hour to and from, I'd be listening to your podcast. When I wasn't doing that, I would be like reading the books that you had. And then I like eventually joined Application Academy. And yeah, I was like, give me all that. (laughs) Here we are. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, so you heard NECA's story and NECA again, 2.7 from Cornell. Um, she went on and did a a master's program. She had so many issues with like, uh, tuition that she was behind on, had to pay for. And like, it was, she had a crazy story. So that, that I'm assuming what, what I hear from a lot of people is you hear one person who's like, Oh, they got a 2.7, got into med school. I can do it too. That sounds like it's a similar story to you. Yeah, because, and I think it's been just part of my personality where it's like, if there's something that I really want, Mm -hmm. like as long as I see one person that's like in a similar situation that's done it, yeah, I'm like, okay, I can do this. Why not me? Yeah. I love it. So um, one of the earlier um, pieces of kind of decision making that that needs to happen is do I do a post back? Do I do an SMP? Do I go back and do another degree in a science major? How did you make that decision to determine where you were going to go and try to repair your your kind of courses and GPA? Yeah, ultimately, it was like, just a situational thing. Like, so I had a dog. I had this full-time job. I was living in a city like away from all family. Like I moved to a new city that I didn't know anyone. Um, and so it was more so like I would research all of the programs. There was this, there was the post program that I went to, which was like a certificate program. And then there was um, a, it was more like an SMP. Um, and I did actually reach out to them to see like, what the requirements were, what, like, if I was even eligible for this program. And um, that was a program that seemed like I needed already needed science courses. So that kind of made the decision a little easier. Um, but then it was like, what I also had to do, I had to talk with my parents. So I was very lucky in that I had parents who were really supportive. And so in going from that full-time job where, you know, I'm completely on my own and like, they're not doing anything to realizing after I got 
uh, a B and a B minus my first semester in my post back, I was like, okay, I, I need to go down in my hours. So yeah. I ended up talking to them being like, this is what I really want to do. Like, can you help me? And they were like, if, if you're really sure about this, then we'll help you. So I went to a part-time job and they helped me like sustain everything. And so I would do my part-time job and then do post back and yeah. Love it. I love that conversation because I think a lot of people aren't willing to um, to have those conversations. Number one, some people can't have those conversations. Their their family's just not in a situation to help themselves. Um, mm-hmm. But but and depending on your specific situation, there there are students out there who I talk to that I'm like, okay, let's let's go through the list, right? What kind of car do you drive? Well, do you need to drive that new car? Can you sell it and get get an older car? How many people do you live with? Nobody. Can you go move Mm -hmm. in with three or four people and cut your your rent in in a third or something like that? How how can you sacrifice um, right now so that we can plan for the future? And for a lot of people, potentially have this generational change in, in wealth because let's let's call a spade a spade physicians make a good amount of money and can can really change the dynamics of of their family's financial situation and so definitely were were there any sacrifices that you had to make while going part-time and while while going back to school um so i already had a hoopty so i didn't have to get (laughs) a new car i haven't heard Um, that term in forever (laughs) let's bring that back i like that um and I think it kind of came around a good time where I definitely don't think that this is a solution for anyone, but like the partner that I had originally started dating when I first started my post back, um, we eventually moved in together, which okay. did cut my cost in half. Um, but I also was able to um, like ask my uh, landlord and like, so I had made friends in the area. It was, it was a very like close knit area and so I knew my landlord and all this stuff and like I was explaining the situation to him and he was just very nice about it and was like okay like I'll I'm not gonna like raise your rent if you need like more time to get it to me this week like that's fine and like it was just I had more like support which I definitely understand like not a lot of people not everyone gets but you also asked for it I'm assuming or at least you communicated to people yes which I think a lot of people uh, are scared to do number one we just live in a society where everyone just kind of stays to themselves and it's like put your head down don't talk to anyone but number two oh, I, I talk to a lot of students who are scared to put it out in the universe right hey I, i'm going to med school i'm like wait a minute no you're going to try to go to medical school oh wait a minute i don't want to tell people i'm going to try because what if i fail then i'm gonna look like a failure and i don't want people to think i'm a failure and so they they don't tell anyone. And I, I I just have story after story after story of students, and I have this same story too, but students who, as, as soon as they kind of come out of their shell a little bit and tell someone, there's a line of people like, hey, I'll help, I'll help, I'll help, let me help, All right, let me connect you, let me do this, let me do that. And the, the story that I always tell in a similar uh, kind of circumstance was when I was accepted to medical school finally, I told my boss, didn't tell her before. It was, she She was the general manager of the gym that I worked at. I was the fitness program manager. So I was, I was number two at the gym. And I, I didn't tell her. I'm like, I, I'm going, I, I have this interview. I'm gonna go on the interview. I'm gonna take a sick day, whatever it was that I took. And then when I got in, I'm like, 
hey, I just want to let you know I got into med school. She's like, why didn't you tell me? My dad's my dad's a pulmonologist at Wash U and is on the admissions committee. And we could have got like I'm like dang like I could I could have gone to another school. Um, but yeah. I met my wife at the school I went to eventually, and so yeah, it all worked out. It all worked yeah. out. But again, it was just it's one of those things that I, I didn't know her dad was a doctor. I didn't know her dad worked at an academic uh, institution where he was involved in the medical school. And could that have potentially helped me? Hundred percent. Right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. just put it out there. And that's, that is definitely like the approach that I took and still take in my life where it's like, I was like, I'm going to put this out into the universe. I'm going to say I'm applying to med school or I'm trying to go to med school or whatever. And yes, there is a slight chance that I could fail, but one, I think like, when it's out there and other people know for whatever reason that like, I felt like I was just working a lot harder towards it. Mm. And then two, like, so what's the worst that happens? I fail. And then what I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Well, let let me ask you, I had you publicly failed before. And so you're like, whatever, been there, done that. I mean, I don't know if it's really like public, but I felt like my like past GPA was Mm. like, a failure. Okay. Um, and so, and like people had, had known about my GPA in my life. So mm-hmm. it, it was like a lot of people were like, Oh, I don't know. Are you sure? And, um, so not necessarily failing like, like that. Yeah. Grand, but yeah. Well, l- let me ask you, right. Uh, uh, I'm assuming what you're saying is, I don't know. Are you sure? is a reaction to you going, hey, I want to go to med school. And they're sitting there going, well, didn't you have like a 2.7 GPA? Like, uh, that ain't going to cut it. Um, Is that kind of the pushback that you got? Oh, yeah. I got a lot of, well, maybe you should consider nursing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was like, I did consider it. I considered it very heavily. And then I was like. why, 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 Why did you have the ego that's like, that's not me. I can do this. What, what gave you the confidence? Yeah, I think it wasn't, I don't know if it was necessarily confidence as it was, <laughs> as much as it was like, I kept thinking if I'm going to go to like nursing or PA school and only learn this amount, like get this amount of knowledge about a disease, why not go an extra two years why not? <laughs> <laughs> and then have all this other knowledge? Yeah. So, I don't know if it was necessarily like confidence, but I was just like, let me get a bang from my buck. Okay. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to get a deal here. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So so maybe a little ignorance, maybe a little being a little naive. Um, but at the end of the day, you obviously had to have some level of confidence to go, I can do this. So mm-hmm. when you're starting your post back, and you you start to struggle a little bit because you're working full time. This is before you have a conversation with your your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it that changed about you as a student that allowed you to get the grades that you needed to eventually get into med school? Yeah, because those classes are not interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think it was the like the fact that I was like. I'm working towards this thing that I'm actually really excited about. Um, and yeah, I, I think that having that excitement, having that thing that's like, okay, this is like the bigger picture. This is like where I'm trying to get to. Um, I think that was the thing that like 
really pushed me because after I saw the like B and B minus, like my first semester, I was like, okay, no, this is not going to cut it. Yeah. And then, and then again, the, what changed? Was it study habits? Did you start going to office hours? Did you get a tutor? Like what was it that, that eventually led to that, that change? Oh yeah. I was not a good student in undergrad. Like <laughs> there wasn't, there wasn't like, I didn't go to office hours. I would cram like one night before the exam. Like I was not like, I went from high school, like all AP classes to college. Like, why am I here? Um, and yeah, so it was just a thing of like, okay, I'm actually going to study. I'm actually going to like go to office hours. If I have a, an issue, I became a TA. Like it was like, it was, it was things that like, I definitely had, I did not do at all in mm. undergrad. Um, so it was like a complete change. I was like, I, I know I need to actually yeah. like do this. You were more intentional. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then I'd also say that yeah. like in undergrad, I was kind of like, and I'm a bit of like a advocate now for people delaying college a little bit. 100%. Because I went to college and I didn't know what I wanted to do. The only reason I picked the college that I picked is because my two older sisters went there. Like there was nothing that like, I wasn't like, oh yeah, I want to be this or I want to be that. Like I had no interest. <laughs> so I was just there taking up space to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. And, and that's what happens to a lot of students. And then, and then similar to you, they have some sort of life changing epiphany and they're like, Oh, okay. Now that I have this goal in mind, I can be a good student because I'm working towards something. Right. And so, yeah, I a hundred percent agree that the fact that we ship students off to college right after high school before they have any idea what they want to do. And it's just like, go figure it out. It's just like, yeah. why am I paying 40 grand, 50 grand a year for you right. to go figure it out? Like go work and explore the world and then come back when you're ready and, and go down on your path. So mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. It's definitely crazy. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're going through your post back, uh, you, obviously are doing well enough, giving you the confidence that you can turn this around, getting some experiences to, to prove to yourself and to med schools that this is what you want to do. Uh, application rolls around. You, you mentioned you were part of Application Academy. What, what was the decision for joining Application Academy versus just kind of read my books and doing it yourself? Yeah. Um, because I didn't want to do it again, I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to, um, make sure that I like do it perfect the first time around. Um, and that was kind of like the major turning point yeah. of like, this is like, first of all, I had to study for the MCAT and I actually met my MCAT study partner in the pre-med hangout. Nice. Um, and uh, we met each other in there and then we started uh, studying pretty much every day for the MCAT together. But um, virtually or in person? Virtually. Um, okay. And we're still friends now. And she now is in med school too. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I was just like, okay, I have never navigated this before. Yeah. I don't have anybody in my family or in my life to tell me how to like do this. What are the nuances? What are, what am, is there something I should or shouldn't check or whatever? Um, so I, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this because 
I don't want to have to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pre-med hangout for, for those listening who don't know is our Facebook group, premedhangout.com. Uh, there's 19,000 plus students in there. Super, super awesome group. Um, and did you like application Academy? You think it was worth it? Yeah, I do. Um, I remember being so frustrated at first though, because I could not figure out how to show and not tell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, I could not figure it out. I don't it get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think eventually once I got it, um, my personal statement became like 10 times better. Yeah. That's awesome. You applied to medical school. You had, uh, at the time that you applied to come on this show, you had half a dozen or so interview invites, I believe. What, what yes. was, how did the application cycle kind of finish out? Yeah. Um, so I ended up with three acceptances um, and I ultimately chose a school that was best for me and my partner. It was like a good distance between our two families. Um, And I think it was a good choice. Um, I have met my like best friends here. So um, I definitely think that like, weighing all of the options and like seeing because one of the schools actually was like a brand new school like fairly new I'll say um and so it would have been one of those things where I don't know the course here and and they actually offered me like a lot of money to go there um I think because they were trying to like get more um diversity. Okay. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I'm glad that I chose the school I did. Okay. So it sounds like it wasn't necessarily the fact that it was newer. It sounded maybe like they treated you a little kind of tokenish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or a little bit of mix of both, (laughs) something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, and, and you ended up choosing the school that, that you went with your heart and gut and, uh, ended up being at, and you are uh, in your second year about to go into dedicated, which for those who don't know, means uh, classes stop and you are studying for step one. Uh, and how does that make you feel? Nervous. Okay. Very nervous. Yeah. Because um, it's also, we're on an 18 month, 18 month curriculum. So oh, things I am kind not of a fan of 18 month curriculums. <laughs> Don't get me started there. I'm like, we need 36 month curriculums. We're, our our medical knowledge is like doubling every 90 days or something uh, yeah. these days. I'm like, how are we cramming it in so much? I, <sighs> so stressful. Yes, anyway, that's the thing. It's like I feel like it's like if they say that you know going to med school is like a fire hose, mm-hmm. drinking from a fire hose. I think this is like 10 fire hoses coming <laughs> at me all at once. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, but it's interesting because there will be times that I'm like in class or um, with a, a preceptor or something, and they'll ask me something, and I'll actually be able to pull it out from yeah, somewhere. It's there. Um, but yeah, it's it's sped up and it's it's crazy fast and dedicated came up out of nowhere. Yeah, there you go, ready to rock. Um, how has med school been? Uh, besides the the crazy fire hose, easy, hard, just a lot. Definitely hard. Yeah. But maybe I will admit I have made it harder for myself. Mm. <laughs> um, 
I am in a lot of leadership roles and a lot of research. Okay. Um, so that has probably made it a little harder okay. to where I am passing everything because um, we just have like a pass fail curriculum. Okay. But perhaps my confidence in my knowledge is like not as less because or not as much because I feel like I'm doing more extracurriculars. Okay. And are you um, doing those for residency applications, thinking ahead? Are you interested in something competitive? So I came to medical school interested in OB-GYN or neonatology. I said, I'm not doing anything surgical because- Which, based, based on your, your seed, is yes. makes perfect sense. Um, I was like, surgery's not for me. I don't want to be in the OR for long hours, Yep. Uh, have no life outside. Yep. And all that. You get a little taste of surgery with OB. Assuming yeah. assuming you want to do the OB part. Right. And, and Gyne has surgery too. I shadowed a plastic surgeon. Oh. And, <laughs> <laughs> and after that, I kept going back to the OR. And I was like, no, why? <laughs> um, so my interest is now in plastic surgery. Okay. I'm I'm still open for that to change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do know it's one of the more competitive ones, but that was before, like I kind of got involved in stuff before that was the case. And yeah. so I'm, I'm more involved in stuff that I like, I really care about. So okay. like nutrition club and, um, so stuff like that. I'm, yeah. I'm like really passionate about that stuff and I wanted to do it. So it, it does take away, but it's stuff that I'm really interested in and, yeah. Yeah, trying to find a balance. So someone else I've had on the podcast, I believe her name is, I'm terrible with names, uh, Dr. Danielle Ward. Are you familiar with her? Mm, I don't think so. Okay, I'll I'll connect you. She, uh, I believe, is <clears throat> finishing her plastic surgery residency soon. Um, uh, a black woman uh, going into plastics, non-traditional student. Um, and and she, it took her a couple of years to match. Um, I, I hope that's not the case for you, but she persisted and, and did what yeah. she needed to do and finally matched. So I'll, I'll connect you too um, because she's, she's an awesome woman. Um, I'm glad to hear that yeah. because people keep saying, maybe you should consider something else. I, and- I hate that. Like, it's just like... <laughs> It, everyone pushes their insecurities onto you. It's like, yeah. oh, but but what if you fail? Okay, but it's what I mm-hmm. want to do. Then, like, I'm not going to yeah. settle for something and regret the rest of my life that I didn't try. Like, right? I, I can't stand that mentality. Yeah. So that has been tough. I had like a an advisor that was like, you know, you could have a equally fulfilling career in something else, and I. Was like, <laughs> Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Noted. Right. <laughs> Is this meeting over yet? See ya. Gotta yeah. go. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, good. So it, it's not, yeah. it sounds like you're putting up some some good barriers to that that negative feedback. I'm trying for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Um, okay. Awesome. If if you could go back and tell yourself one thing that these other people listening can can hear, what do you think that would be? Um, I would say, remember that you have something of value to give. Um, 
a lot of times it's like really easy to forget that um, and that your specific journey, whatever that may be, is unique to you. And that in and of itself makes you special. Um, and so people may have more research, more extracurriculars, more leadership. Um, they may be published, you know, uh, but nobody is ever going to be exactly you. Um, and I think that is something that I am still telling myself to this day. But if I could go back and like talk to me when I was first on this journey, I would try to like hammer that into my head. All right, there you have it. I hope that was a good guess for you. Hope gave you some inspiration, some motivation, and uh, some encouragement to go to uh, to medical school to help you understand that you can get in to medical school. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the Pre Med Years and Happy Twenty Twenty Four. This is MedEd Media.